And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. He's no longer a punk, he's a minion. Look at that, man. Grew life. That is beautifully done. That's probably the best shirt you have ever it's worn. I like awesome, that one. Man. We got the punk ready to talk about UFC Fight Night Noche. It Dave, Dave, say, no say Noche for Dave, us. Go ahead, go ahead, Dave. Dave. A little Noche UFC. You did oh, not look say at him. that. He's got it now. That was he not said, what he was saying before. What do you say, John? Tell us. It's, try to say it in your voice. Not, noche. U, UFC Noche. Noche. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got I got a story to go along with that, man. It's crazy. So I was training with Trevor Pringle was staying at my house. Phil Baroni was staying at my house, and I could I had to Jeez. I had to go get therapy on like my calf or something. At the, You'd have to go get therapy on your yeah head. that too probably. But it was mainly my calf. This I think it was my calf this time around, and um they had they went to go eat. And I had to go straight from training to there to go get therapy, and they went to go eat. <laughs> they come back, they're like, "Hey, there's this great place just like right around the corner." Yeah, it's called like Tequeria. Tequeria. I was like, what the fuck is Tequeria? They're like, yeah. Tequeria. It's, it's in the Chavez market area. I'm like, that's all like Mexican food. What is Tequeria? Look at Taqueria. Taqueria. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing, John. Tequeria. Both of them, Phil Baroni and Prangley, both. I'm like, yeah, okay, hold on. Man. You got you got to look. You got Baroni from New York and you got Prangley from South Africa. Those, Come on. He's look, the, South Africa. No a lot of South Africans are pretty damn smart. <laughs> I didn't say they're not smart, but they don't speak Spanish. And, and, and that's true. That's very true. But Trevor has also a degree. Come on, buddy. Come on. <laughs> Tequeria. Tequeria. What the it's fuck? it's the it's the fancy it's oh, the fancy way I, of saying. I couldn't I couldn't I was like wait a second Taquaria talk Taquaria My neighbor's kid calls a Dairy Queen or DQ now he calls it Dequa Dequa because of the DQ oh, DQ Let's go let's go to Dequa Oh man Hey guys before we get started make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and uh, of course every single time you guys listen to us we appreciate the support I follow you guys in the comments. I read the comments. I know they don't, but I'm going to continue to say this, man. I read them because I like to, I like to see the, the positive feedback. You guys are killing it with the positive feedback. I know we crushed last show. We had to give Sean Strickland his credit. We've got a special guest later on on the show. We're going to introduce you guys to. And, um, <clears throat> look, man, it's all about what Sean Strickland did. I was disgusted to continue to see. I did, like the coaches of Izzy, the Dana White, you know, talking about it more, talking about Izzy had an off night. Izzy, this is no Sean Strickland won that fight, and I just want to touch back on that because no, 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 no. he won that I, no, fight. Hold on, first off, they're both. I think they're right. He did have an off night. Izzy had an off night, but it was an off night because of Sean Strickland, not because oh his biorhythms were down, or oh he just wasn't in that position where. Sorry, my thing was on. It's in a position where, oh, you know what? He was just, he looks slow and looking at bullshit. He faced a guy that presented him with problems that he could not figure out that night. And that's what fighting is. And it, look, on another night, maybe he'll win. But on that night, Sean Strickland was the better man. And that's why Sean Strickland won. And it had nothing to do with Izzy having an off night. You Izzy had an off night because of Sean Strickland. Let me give let me give people the another example of we just haven't seen people have an off night against or 
struggle with someone like a Sean Strickland because that style is not common in MMA. But it wasn't common also, too, when Machida came in with karate. It wasn't common when uh, Stephen Thompson came in with his style. It's funny how they tend to make people have off nights all the time. Machida made a career off of it, got to the title, won a title because of it, have, making people have off nights. That that has to do with their performance and the way they fight. Sean Strickland is bringing something to the table that we're just not used to seeing. And top-level world-class striker like Izzy just didn't have the answer for it. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to handle the pressure. And then not just the pressure, but even when he did get him going backwards, he didn't have the confidence after he got dropped in that first round to keep going forward. This guy hits harder than I thought. This guy's better than I thought. He's just right outside of range. And he's in and out, and I can't get to him. He's just right outside of that range, John. That's dangerous because yeah. every single oh, yeah. time I got to reach and, and touch you, and I can't. I leave myself open. It's it's so frustrating, Josh. You know what it's like. People that have never fought, they don't understand what a person who is putting pressure and controlling the distance is like. And they think that, oh, you're both just standing there and you're both in this position where you can no. You're not both just standing there. One person is controlling that range. That was Sean Strickland. He was the one determining when I'm coming in, what are you going to do about it? Izzy had the choice. I can stand there and I can throw and bang with this guy, but that's not going well for me. Or I can try to pedal myself out of here, reset, and we'll see what happens. And that's what he was trying to do. And it never worked for him because he could never figure out the range where he could land the strikes on Sean and make it to where Sean was the one missing. It didn't happen. And that was because of Sean Strickland. But I agree with you. And I think that also, too, what we were talking about is when someone is used to, like Izzy is, he's used to utilizing his length to touch you from the outside and then get out of range before you can hit him coming back out. Sean was always just right outside that range for him to hit him. So he would make him miss... And then if he didn't hit, if he did hit him, he only hit him with the shoulder. He hit him with the glance. He glanced the shoulder. He glanced the glove. He never really hit him clean. And so then very I, few solid. And points. I really believe, and I really believe this, that first round changed the way that Izzy fought the rest of the fight. No doubt about it. No doubt about that first round. Look, people can sit there and say what they want. He got hit with a freaking right hand that you got to give Izzy credit absolutely. for being able to survive that that kind of shot because it it absolutely spun his chin. I think it was Laura Sanko. I don't know if that was the moment she said it, <laughs> but I do love the spinning of the chin. But spun his chin around, and he then took how many left hands jackhammering him, not all of them landing, but many of them landing and causing him a – increased amount of damage that he at the end of that round josh he wasn't the same guy you know and now he had to go out and let's do this four more rounds and each round it just got worse for him as far as trying to figure out that range it did not happen for him and every time that he tried a little bit more in getting into sean strickland and landing that big shot sean strickland was the one winning those exchanges, and putting damage on Izzy where Izzy was not putting any damage on Sean. What's your take on some of the some of these people talking about a rematch? Not just Dana, 
But, uh, you know, and then obviously Izzy's coach obviously wants the rematch as well. But I'm talking about there's been some other uh, fighters that have come out. People that work, <clears throat> some of the com com commentators have come out and said, like, yeah, you know, it warrants a rematch. Are they just regurgitating what Dana's been saying? Or is it like I got I to gotta tip my hat to to DC because he said DC, there you go. He said no. He said, well, I don't think it warrants. He said it one. that night, so he couldn't walk away from yeah, it. Yeah, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't and, walk away from but it. But he was right. Exactly, he was right. You know, and, and this is where you take a look. And there's moments where I can look at, and I I said it when, you know, he fought Alex and lost. I was like, I don't think that he should take that rematch right away. I think he should take another fight, but. It's warranted. He's been the champ, and he's gone through everyone, and he deserves that rematch right but He away. was winning that fight, too. That's he, the thing. He was winning, so I, I could understand why was. giving him the rematch in that one. Absolutely. In, in that Absolutely. one. This one, he didn't win. Yeah, no. I don't think he won one second of this whole fight. Yeah, he won the second round. I'll give him the second round. He won oh, the second you're right. Round. You're right. You're right. I actually do recall round. back. He did win the second yeah. round. He yeah, did. He won the second round. He, and, it, and it was just a matter of he... It was a volume thing comparatively. Sean didn't throw a lot. You know, he, he started he started following and marching marching him down, but wasn't really throwing. So but that's when Eric Nixon got into his ass in the third round. Yes, yeah. good, absolutely. Good, good job, you know, Eric. What are you doing? Yeah, you know. And so I look at it and I say, you know, in that situation against me, I totally was, yeah, he deserves it. But if you take a look, he won the title, winning it back from Alex. And then this was his first defense of it. That's the new title. It's the first defense. And he couldn't even get the first defense. So it's, no, at this, at this point, this is when you say, I'm going to pull you out of the equation here. I'm going to put somebody else in there to see, does my new champion defend the belt? Or does this other person that I'm going to put, and they've got a couple that they can decide who it's going to be, do they become the new and we'll see where you are as far as let's put you against a high high ranking quality opponent. Let's see you come back. Let's see you perform the way that we've seen you perform all these times. And then we'll look at putting you either back in a rematch against Sean Strickland if he wins or in against the new middleweight champion if it's not Strickland at the time. That's the way I look. I agree with you. All right. Well, hey, speaking of rematches, though, we've got some uh, a rematch this weekend for the UFC in where is it at? In Nache or Noche or what is it? <laughs> This is I think at the T-Mobile There you go It's, a, it's at the okay, T-Mobile okay. Arena it's, It is not at the Apex But it is UFC Noche UFC I thought Noche was like a place in, in Mexico Is what it sounded like From listening to Dave it's, talk about it <laughs> It's almost like Nacho Libre but before we talk right. before we talk about this fight though, John, go to WayneInMerch.com, pick up some of our merch available there at WayneInMerch.com. Thank you guys. Hit that subscribe button, hit that little bell and notifications. We've got some big interviews coming up this hopefully this week. I'm trying to get them all locked down. And if it happens, they'll be dropping shows randomly this week and this weekend and into probably early next week. So make sure you guys hit that bell and that subscribe button there and on the clips channel. Well, thank you guys so much. And go ahead, John man. Take us away for this main event. Well, look, we've got the flyweight championship with Alexa Grasso, who won that championship against the person who has been the stalwart of the division, the person that everyone looked at as unbeatable in Valentina Shevchenko. Well, sorry, I you know, so. you got to yeah, I, I picked Shevchenko yep. to beat Grasso. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't, but Grasso comes up with the win. She a submission win too. Fantastic job, and in. In this situation, you got to look and say, 
Valentina deserves an immediate rematch based upon that body of work. How many defenses she had of the title? This makes sense. And so I agree with this being, you know, an immediate rematch. And can Alexa Grasso do it again? And, and you know, knowing now, yeah, she can. Yeah. If she did it once, she can do it again. It's just a matter of she's got to fight her fight. Don't get into what Valentina wants to do. Don't let Valentina take control of the fight. You fight your fight. This is a great matchup. This is an even fight, in my opinion. Either lady can win this fight. I don't look at Valentina being a a huge favorite like she's a Ben. She may be in the end, you know, a slight favorite over the champ, but it's going to be slight if she is. Well, she's got four losses, Valentina Shevchenko. Two of them are to Amanda Nunez, correct? Amanda Nunez. <clears throat> I yep. don't know who, and then one is to Liz Carmouche. Liz Carmouche, and the other one is to Alexa Grasso. There's your yep. four losses. Okay, Liz Carmouche is the champ in Bellator right now, has fought for the UFC title uh, just against Ronda. And that loss was based upon a cut. Oh, oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ian Bellator. I'm oh, no, sorry. No. Shevchenko's Shevchenko. loss to Liz Carmouche was based upon it being the doctor stopped the fight got based it. on a cut. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, I thought you uh, you lost me when you just jumped right to the cut. I'm sorry. I was talking about <laughs> other fights that you said cut, and I'm like, wait a second. Where'd this come in? What? what okay, what okay. Cut? You know my brain's one. It just goes one direction, okay? I'm on a roll. You got to let me roll, buddy. Um, it's linear. It's just, linear, Josh. So, but she's got her four losses all against top level competition. You know, four. And Alexa, we didn't see Alexa Grosso coming out the way she did. She was doing really well on the feet, where to where Valentina Shevchenko has had plenty of success against top level fighters. But yeah. she she was struggling a little bit with Alexa Grosso's boxing and the way she was putting the combinations together and sliding in and out of of uh, of distance. Is where she had the advantage was on the ground. But then she made the mistake, looked like she got a little tired, made the mistake, and couldn't recover, ended up getting choked. Where do you see John in these changes? I get, I look at her as being favored, not I wouldn't say by a lot, but I think it's gonna be more than what you're what you're suggesting. I'm thinking okay. if I'm if I'm gonna put her, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a probably a minus probably 205, 220, somewhere in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, I tell you what, you know, I don't know if you've looked at odds because I have not. No, I haven't. But I I would say, man, she's going to end up, if she's a minus, it's going to be a minus, you know, 140. Really? John, yeah, Dave, can I you pull it. us up some odds on there, buddy, please? But I'm I'm thinking somewhere around 205 is kind of what I was thinking. Really? Yeah, I think somewhere around that. Yeah, because. I tell you what. Because look. I would, that's a tough one. And I can look back at champions and they tend to just get bored. You've been there for so long. You've sure. kind of wiped out the division. Alexa Grosso, I know is coming up. She's young. But she hasn't really shown you anything that's going to make you feel like I should be threatened by her. <clears throat> I think I think that. Oh, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Oh, John, one seventy, one seventy. That's all right. What you what you say? One forty. You said one forty. Said one minus one one forty. Yeah, I said two hundred five. You were closer. Damn you. Not by much. <laughs> Not by it's much. Pretty much in the middle. Yeah, yeah. But I was off by five. I think right. I'm gonna do the math. You guys figure it out. Let me know in the comments down below. <clears throat> it was, uh, but I, I look at her. I look at Valentina. Potentially overlooked her. Potentially thought like I'm better than her on the feet. She doesn't look like she possesses a lot of power. On the ground, I'm probably above her. I feel like I'm physically. You look at Alexa Grasso, right? She doesn't seem like she's physically strong. Maybe she was. Well, we know she can hit. We know she can pop. She got crack. 
But I think Valentina Shevchenko didn't re- underestimate it or did under she underestimated her ability in the clinch and also too in the ability to keep her back off the fence and stuff takedowns. Where where she made the mistake was looked like she got a little tired and she tried to shoot, made a mistake, got to the back and choke. Okay, let me turn this around for you now. Because if you did it once, oh, you can definitely do it again. I agree. And she better be highly prepared for Alexa Grasso and go in there and put on one of her best performances because Alexa Grasso is going to be a better fighter in this fight than she was in the last fight. She's now the champ, and she has something to prove. I mean, they, they even have a, a whole belt thing. That Have you seen her belt now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the yeah. – it's all different it's all colored colors. Out. Yeah. yeah, it's all colored out, and, you know, it looks like a – you know, colorful pinata Pantoja got one Pantoja got one also oh did he get Mm -hmm. one too yeah but I mean it's like she knows hey how important is this fight in the career of Alexa Grasso it's huge she gets a second win against Shevchenko in the flyweight division oh I'm telling you, Josh, she has basically cemented herself, stolen all of what Valentina has done and created in this division since it was put out there for the UFC in the women's. She's been the champ. You know, Nico Montana had it the very beginning, and and as soon as Valentina dropped down, she ended up taking the title, and it's been hers. If Grasso wins again, first off, do do you give... Shevchenko another shot? No, you don't. She's going to have to go through everybody again. She's going to fall so far behind in that division if she ends up with the two losses against. It's kind of, it's almost like the whole what's happened with Max Holloway and Volkanovsky. Take a look at that situation. How good is Max Holloway? He's but <clears throat> he's lost multiple times to the champ. And they don't want to put him in a title fight. They Eventually they might, you know, but it becomes they keep on looking for who else, who else, who else. And they, and they just pass you by, even though you're ranked at that number one position. And I have a feeling if if Alexa Grasso beats Shevchenko, Shevchenko might still be number one as the contender, but she ain't going to get another shot. Well, I'm going to throw a wrench in it. I think with the man who has gone, I think she goes up to 135. She could. I think she does. The only reason why she went her, down her to one twenty-five, yeah, her against Pena, her against anybody that's there at one thirty-five. <clears throat> Stylistically, she's a bad matchup for all of them. You know, she's a tough matchup for all of them. Tough uh, matchup. She's a yeah. tough. <clears throat> she's a bad matchup for some of them. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but here's my other question though: Is if Alexa Grosso doesn't win, do you give Alexa Grosso the the rematch right away? Do you do that? Then no. we end up with the. No, I don't. I wait one. And I know it's like and this is why she didn't defend the belt. Well, what if it's a split what if it's a split decision loss? That's different. Yeah. If it's a close fight, it's gonna be different. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean like if she lose I think if Valentina loses, she goes to thirty five. She tries her luck out there. She's like, Look, I know it'll be a while before I get a title shot anyways at one twenty five. It's gonna be four fights probably. You got two losses in a row to the same girl, female. Yeah. All right. And it's uh and Alexa Gross is gonna be riding off into the sunset trying to make up for other challengers. Alexa may end up losing it too to somebody, who knows? 
Styles make matchups. We all know that. But when I look at this fight, I look at, in the first round, I believe Alexa won. Second round, I believe, what round did this end in? The fourth? Can you pull up? I think think, think, uh, Alexa Grosso caught her in the fourth. And she caught her with the submission. But she was losing the fight, though, up until that moment. Yeah, she was. So I think she won the first, and then she started losing the fight after that. Was it fourth? Yeah, it was fourth. So I, I don't know, man. I, I think I think Valentina is going to be able to get it done, unless it ends up being a split decision. I think they're going to move on. I agree with you. I think they'll move on. It sh- but it should be a good fight. I'm not I'm not counting Alexa Grasso out, but I also I th- I think that Valentina fell victim to. A hat. She doesn't seem like she has power. Sure, her standup's good, but I'm better. Um, I my wrestling's probably a little bit better. I know I can take her down, control her. I don't know. She just looked, I'm not going to say she looked flat. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say that she started to get tired in that fourth round. She shot a takedown or ended up somewhere on like on a single leg. I think of, I believe ended up losing her, losing the back position and got choked. And, um, I, I, yeah, I look at that. I look at that. I'm thinking to myself, she comes in better shape. She comes in a little bit more prepared. She understands what Alexa Grosso can do. And I think she runs away with this fight. We're gonna find We're out gonna because find. you know, like I said, she's she was a phenomenal champion, and she did so many good things throughout her career in the UFC. One fight does not uh, determine who you are and no. you know what you are and what your standing is, and so she has at least now in my it's that whole now the target's not on her back. Now she can she can look at that target on somebody else's and aim for it. So it's always a good thing. I want to see the young. I want to see the young female though come up. I do. I do want to see. I do want to see her. I mean, I don't know. She's she's really good, John. She's real. Alexa Grosso's really is? good. Valentina's really good. Makes for a great fight. But I was leaning towards the odds being a little bit more towards minus two hundred for um, Valentina. Split it in the middle. All right, next fight. Yep. Ah, we have Kevin Holland taking on Jack Dela Magdalena. That is a, a really cool matchup when you look at it. It's a guy in Holland who is just long, lanky, like you like to say. He's got good stand-up. I don't think he has quite the power of Madalena, but Madalena you know, goes to the body really well. On the ground, I don't think there's a comparison. I think Kevin is way better than Jack on the ground. But the, the real question is, what Kevin are we going to see? Is he going to be the smart Kevin, the Kevin that goes out there and fights the smart fight, or is he going to sit there and say, you know what, everyone says you're really good in the stand-up. Let's just stand here and bang on each other, and that could be Kevin. So, you know, Della Maddalena is coming off of a fight that a lot of people put out that he lost. He did not lose it. But it was a, it was a good fight against a guy that came in last second. And it was a tough fight. That guy made it a, a just a barn burner of a fight. You know, did a lot of grappling, trying to slow down Madalena in the stand-up. Madalena had the better striking overall. But Madalena has to get past that performance. And now he's in with a tougher competitor with Kevin Holland. And can he deal with what could be a complete game? You know, the one thing, Madalena is not a great wrestler. Kevin Holland's not a great wrestler. On the ground, Kevin Holland has definitely got the advantage. In the stand-up, all right, I'll give it to Jack. He, he's got very good 
boxing. He goes to the body well. I love that part of him. And so maybe he's the better striker by a little bit. How do you look at it? I mean, I think this is Kevin Holland's fight to lose. I think so do I. the reach, the range, I, agree with you. I think the speed, um, how hittable Jack uh, Della Maddalena is. That's a fucking big, that's a mouthful name. <laughs> that is, that's a tough one. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Um, just Kevin Holland's, I think, is definitely got the advantage on the ground. I'm not sure if Kevin's going to take this fight to the ground, but if it does happen to hit the ground, I mean, he's got... Okay. How could you be his, in his corner, his coach, and not have it planned? Hey, we want to take this guy to the ground. But how does he get it there, though, John? He doesn't want to wrestle. How do you get it there? Clinch, lift, slam? I think if he does it that yeah. way, I think he's got a good opportunity of getting right to the hooks, getting right to the back, getting the choke, whatever it is. <clears throat> um, the power is going to definitely go towards Della Maddalena. Um, but can you get in, the, in that range without getting knee in the face? You know, without getting control, without getting his, you know his his front headlock position shucked down, and then maybe to the back and take it the back, and all these things. <clears throat> it's Kevin Holland's fight to lose. I think he is he is finally showing after the Stephen Thompson fight. What has he had two fights since then? Yep. Since Stephen Thompson, I, he just he looks a lot better. He looks like he's willing to go ahead and fight a little bit smarter. You understand? Like I think I think it's there. It's there for him. He understands, look, I'm right there. I've had one or two good more performances. They might be talking about me getting a title shot. The way I run my mouth, the way I, you know, I'm a fan favorite. I mean, he is. I mean, fans love him, man. And all the shit he does outside catching robbers and carjackers and all this other yeah, shit. Dude, he's awesome. I mean, this, yeah. this guy makes everyone, he makes, makes everyone want to be a fan. I'm, I'm a damn fan, you know, and yep. uh, he's got, he's talented in there. He's got a talking mouthpiece. He's learned how to dim that down a little bit while he's fighting and focus on the fight. While he's fighting. That makes God. a big difference in keeping your fans. And uh, I think it's his fight to lose. You know, nothing against Della Maddalena, but I think I think that he's got one shot. He's got one shot at getting to the body, maybe hit him, dropping him with a body shot and trying to get whatever finish you can get. Because Della Maddalena's got a good, I believe, arm and guillotine. He'll, hit a, he'll try to hit that arm and guillotine, I believe. Is it guillotine or arm and guillotine that he was trying to hit? He tried he's to hit got it. Arm and get, yeah, he tried to hit he, it. He'll switch it back and forth, but he's good with the arm. Yeah, but I just not. I'm not sure that's something you want to try to hit on Kevin Holland, who's a pretty damn good grappler, when he tries tries to utilize it. So we'll see. I guess we're gonna find out. That's what fight night is. What are the odds on this fight, there, uh, Dave? I believe Kevin Holland's probably mm. a plus two fifty. Oh wow! Oh wow! Wow! See, look at that. Okay, look. See? Okay, look. I'm, ta I'm taking some money on this fight. Okay, so you got Kevin Holland at a plus 130, and you got uh, Jack Della Maddalena at minus 155. I mean, John, I'm, ta I'm taking them odds. I'm taking those odds straight up, probably putting 250 down. Maybe, I mean, look, if you want to go big, go big. But for me, my limit's 250, buddy. <laughs> my limit's 250. I just mama, my mama doesn't even know about that. No, 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 no. This is all. This is all like back transactions on my Venmo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, but I don't. I don't understand this. Look, if I if I'm someone on the outside looking in, I'm going look. And if the prop bets come up, potential finishes. I mean, Kevin Holland could finish him in the first, the second, with with some sort of submission. I think he finishes him. I think he actually gets him out of there. So I'm going to take Kevin Holland straight up on this bet. And uh, if there's prop bets available, maybe a first round or second round 
uh, TKO or finish or whatever it is, however, yeah. you, however your prop bets fit, whether you want to be a submission, whether you want to be a KO, if you want to just be a finish at all, try to pick that up, but and check and see. I think that submission we could, it could happen quick in the first round with the submission uh, or, or TKO or KO. Yeah. <clears throat> right. And we have Raul Rose Rojas Jr. going up against Terrence Mitchell. Rojas coming off of his very first loss of his career. We're going to see how he responds to that. I've heard outstanding things coming from him training recently. Supposedly, he's looking very good. He learned a lesson in that fight. He wasn't able to uh, control that fight the way that he thought he could control it, and uh, things got away from him. Terrence Mitchell, talented, tough. I'm not sure that he's good enough, especially on the ground, to stay with Rosas Jr. Yeah, but if he can sprawl and brawl and keep this on the feet... You know, I mean, he's got a record of what, 14 and three. He's got to have, yeah. he, he's got the talent to keep this thing on the feet and make Rojas Jr. tired. Shoot for the takedowns. Like he, Rojas Jr. got tired last fight. He's going to have to fix that. All those shots, all those chasing those submissions, none of them came to fruition and it, yep. it, it exhausts you. He had no answer. He just kept going to the well. He has no stand up until he fixes that. He'll be a one dimensional fighter and that's it. And look, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a naysayer. I think from what I've heard, mm-hmm. he's looking pretty damn good in the gym. Okay, but John, looking good in the gym against guys that are working with I you and all that. those things, and and I get it. I think that he's going to have to change his game a little bit. He's going to add those strikes, whether it's big shots to get in on the clinch, get in on the body lock, whatever it is. Commit to these strikes enough to get to close that distance and get in there. Whether it's on a single, a double, a body lock, whatever it is. He's going to have to remedy that situation. I don't think there's been enough time between his last fight and this fight for him to have gotten any much better on the feet. He needs to spend time doing that. It needs to be a consistent. It does It does take time, and it's something that doesn't happen overnight, but I would think that he's going to be a huge favorite in this fight. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing on that. I think a lot of people he's have probably, him as a favorite. He is probably, really good on the ground. He is. He's probably a minus 500. Oh, let's take a look at that there, Dave. It's I think be. John already saw it. No, <laughs> oh he's a minus Mid- 700 minus 700 <laughs> wow wow damn hey um but look it's a minus 700 with the plus oh, only 500 200 points off <laughs> damn this could be one of those bets you guys put 20 bucks down on uh terrence mitchell you put 20 bucks down on terrence mitchell fuck it what do you got like you got you got 20 dollars to lose do it terrence mitchell is a very good athlete i don't think he's gonna win how many game. of you guys are wishing you would have put 25 bucks down on Sean Strickland like I was. <laughs> I was like I wish I would have. My number one rule, if they're that spread apart, just throw twenty bucks down or twenty five bucks, whatever it is. Throw a little cash down. I know it sucks if you lose it, but guess what? If you win it, it feels good. It feels really, it feels really good. good. Oh, yeah. So all right, well, hey, all right, next fight. Pull it up there, Dave. There we go. Uh, Daniel Zellhuber against Christos Gallegos. Christos has been in a lot of fights. He's a good young man. I like him. No, known him for a long time. He's going to have a tough one against Zellhuber. Zellhuber is talented. Uh, Daniel Zellhuber is good everywhere. Christos is, is good. He's got good stand-up. His, his ground game really improved. I just... Zellhuber is one of those... Man, 13-1, and one, and he is... He's an up and comer. That's that's he's that's going to be a tough fight for Christos. Christos can get it done, and he can beat him, but that's going to be a, a tough one. I'm not sure he can get it done, John. Okay. I think Zellhuber is somebody that's 
He's got a, he's explosive. He's got the power. He's a short, he's a little bit short and stocky. Got a little back or a big back. Like he's he's someone that could put it all together. He doesn't look like he gets tired, and he can just grind on you and put the pace on you. I think this is one of those fights where uh, Diego's or whatever is just going to have to bite down on the mouthpiece and take a chance. Otherwise, he's just going to get bullied around that cage. Yeah, could be. Honestly, it could be. Uh, Fernando Padilla against Kyle Nelson. Very evenly matched. I really like Fernando Padilla. Fun to watch. Very long, lanky, good stand-up. He's got a good ground game. The kid's good everywhere. Um, Kyle Nelson, tough. Uh just never gives in on the fight so good matchup really is going to be the uh, in my opinion the technicality of Padilla and how does he control the range and where the fight's at against Nelson but good matchup any other fights on here you want to talk about I know there's Roman Kapalov versus uh uh Josh Fremd that should be like a yeah. you know Kapalov I think is going to be favored in that fight Josh Fremd tough as hell and then you've got uh yeah. Daniel D'Souza I want to give me a go ahead now, the big one, Tracy Cortez against go. Jasmine Jasvidius, who is coming off of a huge win she had. I believe it was against uh, Miranda Maverick. Uh, fantastic win in her last fight. Yep. Yep. Uh, and she's going up against Tracy Cortez, who is... Who's been out for a while. Just a, she has been. She, I think she had an injury there mm -hmm. for a little bit. Uh, but she is now back. How long has it been? Since Jeez. 20... May of... So... A little while, yeah. but over, that's a, over that's a, a year. great matchup. Yeah, over a year there. Well, the real question is, you know, man, we Jasmine can wrestle. Tracy, she can wrestle, but not like Jasmine can. Tracy's got good stand-up. It's a great matchup between the two. I think that's going to be the highlight fight of the prelims. Yeah, it should be the highlight fight of the prelims. Um, you know, I look at Tracy Cortez. She's... She has all the intangibles of what you're looking for if you're trying to market somebody. This this time away though is is definitely hurt her a little bit. Um, this the I think outside of the cage stuff kind of get split, her yeah. get, get get her mind right. Now she's back the in, after the injury as well. Jasmine's getting better, fighting top level competition. But Tracy's got to come in with the mindset that she can't she can't be beat. If she can do that, she's fun, man. She's fun to watch. Tracy Cortez is so, and uh, Jasmine's obviously she's a dog, and not not in a negative way. She's a dog in terms of she can fucking <laughs> she can get after it. She can fight. Is this yeah. Charlie Tough. Campbell the one that fought in Bellator? I believe he just got signed. Too. Yes, it is. It is right. Can you yes, click on is. that for me, please? Yeah. Yep. Bottom right corner. It is Charlie. Yep, yep. I just saw he got yeah. signed to the UFC. Yeah. Good for him, buddy. I just I loved watching him in in uh, in Bellator. He. I think he was undefeated in Bellator. Did he lose in Bellator? Do you have a loss in Bellator? Uh, I don't undefeated so. in Bellator, yeah. but not undefeated. No, I know he's not undefeated, no, no, but no. yeah, he had he a seven and two. But he he came in on a, on and he fought Nainoa Dung, who is a young Hawaiian mm -hmm. kickboxer, good tough kid, and actually took out a good kickboxer with leg kicks. Yeah, he ate up. Nainona's legs and stuff, and that's that was when we really saw, hey, this kid can be someone. Uh, he had a couple of good fights in Pillsbury, beat Nick Giulietti, and that was a great fight for him and stuff. He got the same thing, leg kicks. I was surprised we didn't sign him. was after the legs, man. I was surprised I was we didn't sign him because he was fun. He, he actually was a little yeah. bit of shit talker he in the cage. came to fight. He came to fight. Uh, he was yep. active on social media, kind of what you're looking for from someone who's kind of trying to, to build their brand. You're looking for fighters that do that. 
you know, um, if you're a promotion and he was trying to build his own, he, I remember he came out, he always came out with like his own design shirts. He had a little crowd that came out. I think his name is the cannibal. It's yeah. uh Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but look, congratulations to him, man. I've, I've been a fan of his. He's a, he's a great kid too. Super sociable, social, yep. social, sociable, social, sociable. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Good luck to him. Want to wish him the best of luck. Uh, Dave, what else you got for us, buddy? That's going to wrap up our UFC talk. And before we get into that, make sure you guys subscribe to us. Hit that subscribe button. Also, hit that little bell. We've got some shows and some interviews we're going to be doing this week. They're going to be dropping. And uh, it's going to either drop this week right before this show or it's going to drop early next week. But we may even have more than one. There might be a couple of those coming up. I'm trying to get these all scheduled and uh, locked down. But hey, after that, go to Wayne In Fans. Go to OnlyFans. Wayne In Fans. Way to go. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In. Only onlyfans.com slash weighing in subscribe to us over there it is free onlyfans.com slash weighing in subscribe to us over there and it is free and john what do we got man we have got a guy that we get to talk to that has been just lighting the cage on fire we're talking a guy that is undefeated the funny part is he just trains with everyone has recently been training with sean strickland so he's got a very good feeling about why Sean Strickland was so successful against Israel Adesanya. We have got the Bellator middleweight world champion, Johnny Pressure Eblen, for a nice... It's only about Johnny's fifth or sixth yeah. uh, moniker, you know, as far as it it's used crazy. to be Diamond Hands, uh, Human Cheat Code, Soldier Boy, Korean Canelo, and now it is Pressure. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and we are honored to have the man, the myth, the legend, the world champ. We've got Johnny. I got to say it now. It's the new one. <laughs> Pressure, Evelyn. There with <laughs> I mean, I've, I've gone through Soldier Boy, the Korean Canelo. My favorite. My favorite. Korean Diamond Canelo. Hands, yeah. Human Cheat Code, and now it's the Pressure. I love yeah. that, dude. Hey, you John, changed, Johnny Pressure, dude. You change, you change nicknames more than I change suits. That is fucking phenomenal. I love that, man. How you feeling, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I guess I, I can do what I want. I'm the champ, so if I want to change Bingo. my nickname, I can change that's my nickname. Right. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I right. like that. Fuck what they say. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm over here wanting to give you a hard no time the whole time. I'm like, man, please stop. But the, the Korean Canelo was perfect. I love perfect. that. It was my favorite one. You know, uh, I didn't mind the cheat I even code. I like Soldier Boy. I didn't mind the cheat code yeah. once I figured out what it was. I don't play video games. So I didn't mind that once I understood yeah. what it meant. Like, oh, you get the cheat code and you end up getting to the boss and all this other shit. I didn't, I, I never yeah, understood yeah, yeah. that. But there was some cool, cool stuff we were doing with like the Matrix uh, code in the background and shit. Uh, and like a lot of the things you can do with that. That, that, that was fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm moving on. Uh, new nickname now. Yeah. I'm going to have like 20. By the time I'm done, <laughs> driving me you're crazy. You're gonna give MCW a heart attack, man. He's not gonna know what to read on his little card. He's gonna be all confused. Yeah. So, look, I noticed you're wearing these glasses, but go ahead and tell people why. Because we you and I were talking off air with John. I mean, John was kind of just listening because he has sleep apnea, and we want to make sure he stays alive. So, but let's go ahead and talk. What, talk to me about the glasses because you're coming up on your fight next week. And um, what do the glasses help you do? Yeah. So usually, you know. After the sun goes down, I put these on if I'm, like, doing any screen time or, like, you know, there's any blue light, like, artificial light. I try to keep it out because it uh, helps me go to bed later on in the afternoon. Um, yeah, it's just 
there's a lot of science behind it. It's blue light blockers. Um, big, big, uh, big change I made, I think about three years ago, I started doing it and you know, it, it kind of helps me, uh, regulate my sleep. John and I talk about this all the time. John, you know, like we say the, the, the level between the top two or three guys is like a half a percentage point, maybe like a 1%. Not even that. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes it's not even that. I mean, like you're, you're splitting hairs really on what little advantages you can get. There's this new thing going around that, that uh, I actually just bought some. Uh, Rich Chow, the, um, he's the, our former matchmaker for Bellator. He got me kind of turned on to it was this, uh, sleep tape and you sleep with it over your mouth and you, it helps you to breathe only through your nose. And it's supposed to increase your cardiovascular. It's supposed to also help with your conditioning. It's supposed to be able help with all these types of things with your muscle, helping with your, your muscle recovery, your muscle fatigue, all of those things, getting rid of your lactic acid because you're supposed to only breathe in through your nose. Your nose is meant to get rid of all the shit out of the air because you have this little filtration system there. But when you breathe through your mouth, that all goes right into your lungs. And you're just breathing in shit. It makes a lot of sense when you think about it. So I'm going to give it a try. Hopefully I don't die. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because it also helps lead to a stroke yeah. because you can't breathe. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I've been trying to, I've been trying to get a little bit better shape. So hopefully that doesn't happen between now and the time I get this sleep tape. Um, yeah, the whole nasal breathing thing is kind of big lately. Uh, yeah. yeah so I'm, I, I want to kind of try the mouth tape as well, but I, I, I usually don't have trouble breathing through my nose unless like I'm sick or something. Then, then like a fucking breathe through my mouth yeah. and like I'm waking up with a dry mouth. I'm like, fuck and get water. And it's just, it just sucks. But yeah, I definitely want to breathe through your nose, well, especially like when you're training and, and when you're sleeping. The history that I've heard though, is that the Russians actually kind of were the first ones to start this was they would run sprints or run long distances with water in their mouth. You weren't allowed to swallow the, you couldn't, weren't allowed to swallow the water. Oh, so the coaches shit. would have them run or run whatever it was. And at the end of whatever they were doing, they would spit the water out. So that would let you know. Forces you to breathe through your nose. Yeah, yeah. force you to breathe through your yeah. nose. So that was the way that they did their conditioning and their cardio, whether it was long distance, short sprints, whatever. It was teaching you how to breathe through your nose by keeping the water in your mouth. And a coach was able to keep you, yeah. hold you liable by saying, uh, accountable by spitting the water out at the end. Let me see. How much do you have left? That kind of thing. So yeah, that, that's why you had Russians Damn. drowning in the desert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, who brought negative Nancy, right, Johnny Evelyn? Who brought negative Nancy to this party? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look, I'm, I'm going to give it up that Johnny does a lot of new, new. He gets into some of the new technology, and I love the blue block, blocker glasses. I think that's awesome and stuff. But let's be honest, Johnny. It's basic hard work that has put you in the position that you are in today. Yeah, definitely basic hard work, but also, you know, my ability to train smart to where I'm not like fucking myself up at the end of the day, you know, I'm making sure I'm training hard and training long hours, but also taking time to recover and taking care of my body and taking care of my mental health to where I can show up every week at the gym and train hard. Um, and obviously I, you, you got to pick certain partners that you got to go with because some guys go a little bit too hard. You know, and some days you might want to get some rounds. Some days you might want to just work technical stuff. So um, I think it's really important for fighters to understand, like, yeah, it is hard work, but you also have to be a little bit more cerebral about it and, and put yourself and set yourself up to, to become successful. Well, I don't want to get too much. You kind of brought it up, and I want to kind of – we'll get into your fight in a little bit, but there's something that happened big this over the last weekend, and I know you spent some time training with uh, Strickland, and I know that there's been – um. You guys train what for two weeks, ten days, something like that together? 
every time I go out, we, we train pretty much for like a week together. Okay. Um, I, I usually go out for like week, 10 days. That's the longest I've ever been out there, but yeah, we'll, we'll spar. We, we do five rounds straight up or if we're at, uh, extreme, we'll, we'll split it up. Sometimes, um, we'll go with like a couple other guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we train together a lot. Um, great training partner, uh, really good look. And we're always pushing, pushing each other. Well, you and I were having this conversation through text today and I was talking to my, and felt like I was talking to, uh, telling you like, Hey, people didn't give him the credit at the end. They, everyone, Dana White came out. I want to say that, oh, he looked slow. He looked off. He even, even Bullshit. his coach came out and said, Oh no, he was just off. We had an off night. It was what it is. But uh, you and I were talking and go, you said, look, the first couple of times I sparred with him, the things that I normally land on people, those things, they just weren't working with him. Like, walk us through it. Like, what, what about him is, makes it awkward? His style is very different, and it, you don't really come across it very often. And so when you do for the first time, you're just like, what the fuck? Like, I can't – it's hard to hit this guy. He keeps landing his damn jab, and then, like, he's hitting you with the most simple shit, you know, a teep kick, fucking jab, uh, a right hand, and a left hook. For the most part, that's what he would land, you know. And, what we and talked he about. Really, yeah, he doesn't really, you know, stray too far from it. And I mean, his style is he's standing right in front of you, and he's still hard to hit. And you know, after training with him a little bit, I started figuring out a little bit more, and actually made my game better to where, um, yeah, I, I, my striking got better, my wrestling got better. Like he's a great training partner. He's a great look because of his awkward style, if that makes any sense. So yeah, I think. 1000% Sean won that fight because he he won the fight. Izzy didn't lose the fight. Sean won the fight. No, absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things we just we just talked about your new nickname and you are a, a pressure fighter. Sean Strickland is a pressure fighter. He puts you in a position where you're not comfortable because he keeps on closing the distance on you, putting you in the space that he wants to be in and you either have to accept it or you have to adjust with it. And that is a difficult thing to do to do for you as a pressure fighter. What is it when you're facing someone like a Strickland that you think is the best thing for someone to do? Is it say, all right, I'm not going to give space. You're not going to give space. We're going to sit here and we're going to meet in the middle. Or is it, ah, you've got to learn how to make those moves and get the angles to when he does step into range, you get him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both for me personally. I have to, be able to do both like pressure him back at times and move him backwards, mm -hmm. but also sometimes accept the pressure and, and work off of what I can do based off him pressuring me, if that makes any sense. So, um, you don't want to be able to only fight one way. Like if you can only fight forward, that's a problem. You got to be able to fight backwards and forwards and even side to side. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta be able to adapt under pressure. Like if you can only fight backwards, that's a problem you should be able to pressure people at times. Um, so for me personally, I, I like to approach it to where, yeah, I'm going to obviously use my, my, uh, my pressure and, and utilize my wrestling and utilize my striking and, and move forward at times. But also I need to be able to be slick and move back and, and be able to hit and counter punch with you. So um, that, that's the biggest thing. I think uh, that, that I learned how to pressure a pressure fighter with Sean. Did you watch that fight from beginning to end? 
the Strickland Izzy fight. Oh yeah. And so it, Oh yeah, dude. I was g- fucking on the edge of my seat the whole time. <laughs> give me give me the breakdown. He also went out and trained with Alex Perea as as well and then he's done a lot of work with you. Two uh two got one guy that's already beaten him and again yourself a champion in another organization. But what did you see in that fight that Izzy was having problems with when it came to Sean that you were very aware of because you've dealt with it? Izzy couldn't land anything like really clean and it was really bothering him. Even the leg kicks, Sean was checking most of them were making him miss. And then Sean would hit him with a jab and then constantly Izzy was on his back foot, constantly moving back, constantly moving back, couldn't land anything clean. And honestly, in the first round, Sean dropped him. So fucking Izzy's worried about his power now. Um, You could tell in his face, he's like, shit, dude, this guy's a lot better than I thought. And I can't hit him like I thought I could hit him. You know, and also uh, Eric Nixick's a great cornerman and a great coach. And he was telling Sean uh, Izzy's reads. I was actually like kind of looking into it uh, today. Like I I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw someone post like, yeah, uh, he's trying to set you up for the left head kick because he went southpaw and was throwing the straight left. And then Nixick was kind of saying, hey, watch out for that left high kick after the punch. He's setting it up. It's like. I guess they talked afterwards, uh, Izzy and uh, Nixick, and he was like, "Yeah, you were telling him all your reads. You, 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 uh, you saved that man's life." I don't really think he did, but like that just shows you how great of a cornerman and coach Eric Nixick is, along with how good Sean is. So it's like when you put those two together, I mean, that's that's just gold. What about him makes people underestimate him? it's just his style is so simple, but he, but he makes it work. And it's just like, they're not used to seeing this type of fighter. You know, he's not super athletic and explosive. Um, he doesn't do very big movements. He doesn't, he's not cold cocking dudes, putting him out like Alex Paella. But I mean, the way he fights, is just like years and years of like training and sparring. And he developed a style that works for him. And it's just like the mainstream just doesn't understand like, Man, in a real fist fight, this style works. It's it's amazing when you look at his style because he does a lot of things. If honestly, if you're going to look and say, is that a good thing to do for most guys? You're going to say no, it's not. But for him, it works because he's so good with it, and he is so relaxed when he's in that cage. He there's you can tell that he's just comfortable and he gets into a flow. And he just starts moving forward and doing the same thing over and over and over again. And that just eventually gets to his opponent. For you, one of the things that I've been super impressed with you is you started off, obviously, with your wrestling background, Johnny, because you came from the University of Missouri. And you were a great wrestler in the cage. And then your stand-up really just started to elevate. and You got much, much better but you have stayed with utilizing your wrestling at times when people do not expect you to do it. Please tell me you're going to just stay with that type of style for the rest of your career because it makes you multidimensional, and it's the one thing that I'll say about Sean. Look, you can get into those positions. You have one style. Someone can deal with that style. Now it becomes you don't have that that plan B to go to. It becomes much more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm going to utilize all my tools in my tool belt when it comes to a fist fight. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in there to win. I'm not in there to make a point or, like, to say, hey, I can outstrike this guy. He thinks I'm a better striker. No, I'm here to win the fight and beat this guy up. So I'm going to use every tool that I possibly can use to get that W. So 
basically, I mean, and if I, if, if something gets shut down, I'm not super afraid about it either. Cause I, I train, I've gone rounds where I haven't taken one shot. Like I, I do straight up kicking kickboxing rounds with like six time, um, world champion kickboxer, Artem Levin. Like they're like, I'm, yeah, Artem, I'm, Artem's the son I'm, bitch. Yeah. He's fucking great, bro. <laughs> he, he helped me this whole camp. I did 65 rounds this camp. Um, some of them were Strickland, some of them were Sadi Sai, um, some of them, or most of them were with Artem and uh, Josh uh, De Silvera. Um, he's in the PFL and yep. and, and Jocko, um, Christoph Jocko helped me a little bit. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. If like I can't take you down, like, and or maybe I take you down, and you get up. I'm not worried about it, man. I can strike with you, but I'm gonna utilize my takedowns. Like I will take you down. It's gonna happen. I, I, it's just a matter of like. Am I going to be able to hold you down? Who knows? Like I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it to be able to hold motherfuckers down, punch them, submit them. Obviously, it's part of my game plan. But like, if it doesn't happen, I, I'm not too worried about it. I don't want to get off Strickland just yet, but the here wrestling is next level. We've seen it inside the cage, and I've seen practices of it a little bit here in clips, small clips there. Your your wrestling's next level, and your teammates speak very highly of it, and the way you put the two things together. But in terms of with Sean, his coach, Eric, was asking for him to threaten the takedowns after the third round or into the third round. And we got kind of a half-assed body lock in the fourth. You know what I mean? We got a half-assed body lock in the fourth. And it was kind of a, eh. You know, and then he kind of didn't didn't worry about it the rest of the time. How good is his wrestling? You know, and when you look at that, when I look at the guys in his weight class, none of them are standout wrestlers. You're not talking about like a world-class wrestler in that division. So no. where, where does he stand in terms of being able to stuff guys and take them down if he needs to? Man, Sean, Sean can grapple. He's not the best wrestler. Like when me and him wrestle, I take him down. Like no lot, but it's hard to keep that motherfucker down. I will say that like he gets the fuck up. Like he, he realized, I think after the Kamara Usman fight, he told me, he's like, I realized jujitsu doesn't really work. For him, you know, for him, he's not like really great off his back or anything, you know. So he's like, yeah, I just fucking get up now and and make it a fist fight, you know, instead of like a grappling match. But I've seen him hold down people, dude. Like, I he he came to ATT, he's grappled with with some of the guys around here, and I know how good good a grappler they are, and and he's held some people down, and uh, he's really he does really good against the cage like he can grapple he can wrestle he's not the type of wrestler like i am obviously but his his grappling skills are are up there he's a i mean he is a bjj black belt and when you take a look at i am now going to go away from him to your opponent that you are going to be fighting in a guy that is very athletic fabian edwards has looked really good he just beat the man that you took the title from in his last fight to get the shot at you in dublin ireland and everyone has known that he's been uh, a guy that kind of lived in the beginning like his brother off of kickboxing, off of being a very elusive striker, having power. But he's gotten into more of saying that he can wrestle, he can grapple, and he has tried to prove it multiple times. And, ah, what are you doing? Don't do that yet. I do not see him trying to ever take you down. But when you take a look at him as an athlete, have you seen improvements in that area for him or no uh i think the charlie ward fight i think he utilized some grappling there and he did take down gay guard a couple of them were like gay guard was like off balance and i mean he, he did it it was like good stuff you know nothing crazy nothing nothing amazing that really popped out like oh shit this guy's really good at wrestling um 
don't get me wrong. I, I, I can see that he's trying to work on it. And I mean, kudos to him. I'm trying to get my striking better. So, I mean, he's, he's elevating the, the, the mixed social arts, like pedigree. So, I mean, good for him. Do you notice a bump in like when you guys get champions at American top team, do you notice like the gym morale kind of changes inside that gym? Like, Hey, this person just won a title. It's changed. You know, you've got yourself, you've got uh Yaroslav Amosov, you know, uh, UFC champs. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but the Pantoja, yeah, Pantoja. So yeah, that's right. Fucking, yeah. What a fucking fight. Well, I went, what He's a, a bad a motherfucker. That was bro. a great what fight. A fight. Yeah, that was bro. a ballsy he fight. Is, he is such a badass man. I remember watching him get ready for that fight, and I thought I trained hard. And I'm like, dude, this guy got some like demons inside of him. Like how hard he's training. Like I could tell, man. And I, I, I mean, after I heard his story a little bit after after he won the belt, that like he was fucking driving for Uber Eats like a few fights ago. Wow. I'm like, no wonder this motherfucker was training so hard. Like he, he's like, he's like, yeah, fuck. Like basically, I don't know, man. Like. All of us, all of us fighters have something wrong with us, and and it's like we tap into that when we're training hard to like I don't know it makes us work harder. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's like thank thanks trauma, <laughs> thank you childhood trauma for helping me become a Bellator world champion. <laughs> a lot a lot of it just comes from we believe we believe in ourselves. We believe that we should be at a higher standard. We try to hold ourselves at a higher standard. We want more for ourselves in life. And we know we can do it if we just put the work in. And I think you're the same way. I think Pantoja's the same way. Yeah. All those guys. Look at Amosov. All these guys. We all have, like you said, something's wrong with us. There is something. We're, we're not yeah. cut from the same. We're all cut from a different cloth, but there's something wrong with us. But it's it ends up working out perfectly once we found this sport. Yeah, I think it's the right uh, place to put your energy, you know, instead of uh, other things that could get you into trouble for sure. Well, one question I have for you is, and I always say that when you, you're the contender, when you were coming up, you know, and, and you, you were going to fight, you know, uh, Musasi for the title, you had a target. It was, I want that title. Your, your teammate had fought him in the previous fight and it didn't go well for him. And you had watched him. You knew exactly what you were going to be able to do. And, you know, even Josh and I, we were, we were, you know, in that position, we go, we just, we wish he had one more fight, just one more fight. Yeah. And you, you basically said, I don't need one more fight. That's what you told us. And you goes, you guys, you don't get it. And you were right. You, you we proved us. You didn't, you, we didn't get it. You didn't need that fight. I could, but I now you've, you have defended the title. You have people now that are targeting you all the time. You're the target. How is it that you motivate yourself for each of these fights as they're coming down the line? What are you doing to make it to where you are motivated for that fight and it's not like, ah, okay, I'll do it, but I don't want to? Honestly, man, I'm, I'm in it to become the best and I, I'm, I'm my hardest critic. Like, there's literally like, I'll, I'll go five rounds of two different guys that are fresh and I'll get tired at the, by the end of it and I'll be like, fucking th those rounds weren't as good. I got hit too much. Blah, blah. And they're like, dude, dude, you did great. You won every single fucking round. You beat up two guys today. And I'm like sitting here like, no, nah, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. It's like, I want thing. I'm almost a perfectionist. I want things to fucking be perfect. I'm, I'm always working to improve myself. And like, honestly, I don't know if I'm ever going to achieve like this, this, um, how I picture myself in my head, like how I want to be. And you know what, as long as I'm uh, working towards that and, and trying to get better all the time and I'm doing everything in my power to become better, 
um, I'll be okay with the the end product and all my success after the after that. But that's what keeps me going, man. Is like just my improvement and and me wanting to be like perfect. Even though like I don't even know what perfect is, but like I'm trying to achieve that. I'm not familiar. Have you fought in Dublin, Ireland yet? No. no. And I only went there to watch Amosov fight, and that was really. What cool. did you think of that crowd? fucking awesome dude i can't wait to fight in front of that crowd now some of that crowd is going to be kind of a, a little bit more leaning his way possibly because they're going to come over from the you know from uh from england uk <laughs> area there so <clears throat> does that type of stuff doesn't seem to bother you at all from what i've seen and gathered but when you look at that mixed in with his crowd coming over and then his kind of the way he carries himself or the, what about those things that kind of do that do any of those things have an effect on you no, not really. I just kind of think he's he's kind of a brat in a sense, like the way he holds himself. But it's all good. Like once we get in that cage, you don't figure out, man. Like I'm I'm built different, and I'm gonna fucking put him in his place, man. What about him though? Like what I'm saying, when I see him, when you see him in the cage, what about him? When you look at him, go, hey, this guy is good here. This guy is good here. Now we know he's a good kickboxer. We know that he's gotten he's gotten better at his takedown defense. He's extremely fast. He has a tendency to sometimes kind of just flow through it a little bit, kind of almost take the the foot off the gas. I felt like with the Charlie Ward fight, he could have potentially got him out of there, but he was just cruising, I think, after the takedown started coming, the control started coming. How do you get him out of that comfort zone where he just feels like he can just cruise through this? Put that fucking pressure on him, bro. <laughs> Put that pressure on him. Make him be in the fire constantly make him fucking be like, Oh shit, this motherfucker ain't stopping. Like that's, that's, that's how I fight. I'm going to constantly be pressuring you constantly be putting you in the fire, constantly putting you in, put you in danger. Um, and you don't know if I'm going to wrestle strike. Like I'm just going to basically overwhelm him and utilize my cardio and, and my technique to fucking just beat his ass, bro. To be honest. Well, you both fought Gegard. What what was your impression of his fight against Gegard? And like, what did you take away from that? And how was that in comparison to the way you fought Gegard? What did you see that was different? And how do you take? What did you take away from his performance? I steamrolled Gegard. There was not a moment in that fight where I looked like I was in trouble. There was a couple moments in 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 his fight where he was like, "Oh shit, shit's turning." Um, he and I could tell he wanted to be technical. And like, kind of like a point king point kickboxing match for a little while, and like, didn't really want to stay in range for very long. And it makes sense. Like, I, I could Gegard's dangerous regardless of like how old he is. And even though like I kind of changed his career, like he didn't look the same after fighting me. Um, but he didn't steamroll him like I did. Like, that's the difference. And maybe it's a maybe it's a stylistic matchup. But I just think it's a stylistic matchup and, like, the will. Like, I'm willing to fucking die in there. I'm willing to fucking try to kill you. Like, you signed up. You think you, you think you can beat me? I think I can beat you. Like, I'm, I'm willing to die in that cage. I don't think he's really willing to die in that cage. When you, when you take a look at the landscape of middleweights throughout all promotions, looking, you, you sparred with, you know, you, you work out with Strickland. He just won the title. You look at Adesanya. You look at guys over in the PFL. Is there anything in any of them that you look at and go, this is a guy that I would love to fight? 
I want to fight all of them. <laughs> all <laughs> That's of them. All right. That's good. All of them. I'm, yeah. Like, honestly, uh, Duplessis or whatever, that'd be, dude, I want to fight that guy. I want to fight Robert Whitaker. I want to fight Izzy. I want to fight Sean eventually, maybe. maybe. Hopefully, we don't have to. Like, But, I mean, I fucking fight him for free. So, my, <laughs> I might gonna, as well fight him for fucking money. Yeah. There you go. Point. You're not getting, yeah. you're not getting sure anything he, when you go there. I'm sure me and him would fucking be like, yeah, bro, we'll fight each other, whatever. We'll just make a bunch of money. Like, it's it's funny like like literally when we spar we're fighting each other so it's no different um but yeah man i i want to fight everybody in the world i want to prove them the best and when when i'm done with you know a specific weight division i'll i'll uh probably go up and 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 try to fight everybody there too um i just really want to test myself and see how good i am and uh put my skill sets up to the test um when when do you leave and when do you get there i leave friday night and i get there saturday me sabah my girl and then uh coaches are kind of filling in like uh a couple days later and then some are coming in fight week speaking of who are the ones in your corner gonna have uh mike brown tiago alves and dp he's gonna be there again and then my boy JP Reese, he actually fought for Bellator one time. Um, he's retired now, but uh, I, I he's a good friend of mine. We uh, used to coach a wrestling team together. And then when I first moved down here, like he was like one of my first friends. But he used to fight for ATT, and he's been around. But uh, yeah, King Mo's not gonna be able to make it out this time. So yeah, that's gonna be my corner. King Mo, man, he's he's one of my all-time <laughs> favorites, man. We've been friends for a long time. He's a great, great person, man. Love he's him. He's a great guy. Yeah. Love him to death. Love him, man. He's, he's been great this camp. He's, he's always awesome. He's always texting me, you know, helping he's me a out. fight nerd. Yeah. People don't realize yeah. he is a fight nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Really is like not oh, even he... just MMA, like everything. Like, Oh yeah. Kickboxing, karate, boxing, all of that. Dude, stuff. if it's combat between two people, he's watching it. He's trying to figure it out. He's trying to figure out what's the best way to do it. I love talking fights with him. He's hysterical, man. He's a great guy. Yeah, and endless, endless uh, fight talk with that guy. What yeah, what makes no doubt what makes it. your gym, the American Top Team? It seems like they went through phases. You know, the early days, it was kind of they were they were big, and there was a lot of money going into it. And then the fighters just started developing themselves, like not themselves, the coaches and the fighters helped develop them all. But it really. We've seen other big gyms fall apart. What was it? Black Zillions first? What was before Black Zillions? Was it Black Zillions? No, uh, was no. It? So Black Zillions, it was, they, yeah, Black... it was like, it was ATT guys that like yeah. left and then they found another investor and they yep. created Black Zillions. It was Zillions. Black Zillions. Then it went Hard Knocks, right? 360. And then now it's pretty yep, much Kill Cliff, which is what it is now. Well, then then it went Samford. That's and now right, it's Samford, Hillcliff. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, they kind of, but the coach over there, Henry Hooft, is, he's a fantastic person, a great coach. Oh, great guy. You know, great absolutely guy. fantastic. Yeah. But what makes American Top Team so special? You know, Mike Brown, you know, you've got, you know, you've got the coaches there, Conan, you've got all these other coaches that have been there, been there from the beginning pretty much. What makes it so special, though, that they were able to keep their fighters there and keep them all, it seems to be happy. I don't know about any of the backroom drama, but and you know there's always some. But well, There's always a little yeah. bit somewhere. Not, nothing that I know. No. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. It's all went away since, Honestly, Col- man, since Kobe it, left. It all went away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh, no, he was the – that was probably the biggest – that and uh, Amanda Nunes, uh, that was a little bit odd. 
how she left. But I mean, she she I, I'm a big fan of hers too. I, I'm always looking like when whenever she was fighting, I was always rooting for her. Um, but yeah, she's retired now, so yeah, good for her. But what make um, what makes your gym so special? Honestly, man, it's like the camaraderie. We all we all really get behind each other. Um, there's no real big clicks in the gym. Like we do have clicks in the gym, obviously, because it's like a language, like a language thing. We have some Russians, we got some Brazilians, uh, Americans, and we all kind of mesh in with each other at times. And uh, we're kind of just like a big family, man. We're always like rooting for each other. And it's a giant gym, and we always have you know new people popping in that help out. And, uh, you know, you've got the guys that live here like me, there's, there's a bunch of guys that live here that are always training year round. Uh, but honestly, like the big thing is like Dan Lambert, man, like he, without that guy, you know, staying consistent, he's like the, he's like the dad of that gym. That makes any sense. He keeps it together. It's always there. It's not, you know, moving around and like, Oh, we got to go here. We got to, we lost this. We lost that. It's like, no, he keeps it consistent. And you, and we have like, I have a workplace that I can go to and, and I know like it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. And also like what he charges is like crazy. Like no one else would, you know, you'd have to be, you know, you're not trying to make money off, off fighters. He's not trying to make money off fighters. He's really trying to like no help and, and, and promote fighting. So it's like, it's crazy. Like, so without Dan, like ATT would not be what it's like. Well, there's no doubt about that. He, he's the godfather there. And he has, you know, he's put up with a lot. A lot of people have no idea how much has got, you know, happened there and what he's gone through, but he's always been consistent. And there's one thing about Dan. He just loves, first off, he loves jujitsu and he loves, he loves MMA. And, and, and he loves pro wrestling. Oh God, I know that. that that's what that's <laughs> fantasy one. football. Bro, half the time I go to the gym, he's talking fantasy football. I'm in the fantasy football league. He's got a keeper league and a fucking another league. It's just so funny. Man. He it's, does it's have, great. he's yeah. got the greatest belt collection of anybody oh. I know though. Yeah. Unbelievable. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of favors Horiguchi though, from what I heard. I heard Horiguchi is like one of his all-time favorite fighters. He he loves he loves he loves Horiguchi. It's so funny. Yeah. That's hilarious because you would think George, George is up there too. George Mazda. is up there. I mean, he got a fucking mural painted of him <laughs> at the fucking gym of flying mean badass. Oh, like, geez. damn, bro. I've been trying to get him to put up a suplex photo of me. I'm like, bro, Dan, I'm gonna keep suplexing people until you put me on the fucking wall. Suplexing somebody. All right. Right now, I only got one photo. It's because I want a belt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, um, I'm gonna go back to Fabian Edwards real quick, and then I have my. I'm gonna have one last follow up question because I know I want to get you in bed so you can get some sleep tonight. But what makes Thanks, Fabian Edwards so dangerous? And without you giving me too much, I mean, how do you think you can capitalize on that? What makes him dangerous is he's, he's fast and that athletic. He, he hits hard. Looks like he hits hard. You know what I mean? Um, and he mixes things well together. You know, he'll, he'll set traps. So my, my whole thing is to shut that down and stay aware of that and not allow him to set the traps on me. And, you know, that's basically it, man. Like outside of that, like I beat him everywhere. If, if I don't fight his type of fight and I don't fight, um, a specific way that enables him to take advantage of me, I'm going to beat him. There's no, there's no way I lose. It's, it's the only way I lose is if I beat myself in there. John, you got anything else? The only thing I have to say is first off, you have been an absolute joy to watch grow as a fighter. You have become so good, so proficient 
and so fun because every fight that you are in, you go out there and I mean, you fight. And that's what I love about watching. I just want to tell you, thank you for your time. Johnny Eblen, the pressure now, excuse me. Not the, are, just Johnny. It's Johnny pressure. Johnny pressure, Johnny Evelyn. Pressure. There we go. Yeah. Look forward to watching you against Fabian Edwards on the 23rd from Dublin, Ireland. It's going to be an incredible crowd, and I think you're going to put that place on fire. Good luck. To you, wait, brother. wait, wait. I can't let you Appreciate go off it, that. I got one more Uh-oh. question, but it has to do with it has no. to do with your teammate, Yaroslav Amosov. You train with him a lot. You know him. You 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 talk high, very highly. How damn good is he? How tell me Bro. how good is he? Bro, he's so good. <laughs> like, like uh, everybody was like, we, we were uh, doing rounds, of, uh, I think before his last fight, with, with uh, before my last fight and his last fight, and we were sparring, and I think Richie or Dan, like, tweeted out, like, we just watched Johnny Evelyn and, and Amosov spar, and it was literally the greatest, greatest sparring rounds that the gym has ever seen, and it's just like, I remember watching them back and I'm like, bro, this is crazy. Like some of the shit that we're hitting, some of the things that were like the way we were moving. And like, it's just like, I've never seen a fight like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. It's uh, it's a whole different level. man. Um, that dude is so good. He pushes me in so many good ways. And I, I mean, he's like a brother to me and I'm just super thankful that, you know, I crossed, crossed paths with him and uh, was able to work with him and, and help him. And he was able to help me. And man, it's truly a blessing to be honest. How do you think he matches well with the top lightweight or the top welterweights in the world? Bro, he beats them all. <laughs> he beats them all? No fucking question. Beats them all. He's the best. He's the best welterweight in the world. Hands down. Best welterweight in the world. No fucking doubt in my mind, bro. I just wanted to hear it come out of your mouth because everyone we we have people on, and I know like Mike Brown's talked to to me about it. He's like, man, he's hands down the best welterweight we've ever had in the gym. He's so damn good, and he's the best welterweight right now in the world. And he's like, there's no doubt when he's yeah. He's like, when he has time to train, he takes it. He's been taking it very serious, obviously, uh, given all the circumstances. But he's he's like, he can't. I don't think he can be beat. I mean, obviously, it, it's a fight, and it can happen. He's like, but. <clears throat> that's it man that's it he's the best yeah the odds are definitely in in Amosov's favor you know when it comes to getting a fist fight with every other welterweight in the world that's, i think literally he's he's just the best man no. all right man well hey i want to thank you so much for coming on and i'm just going to regurgitate what john said man good luck next week in <laughs> dublin ireland and make sure everyone if you guys are listening tune in to the pressure johnny evelyn well that was a great talk with johnny evelyn and you got a lot of insight on what it's like to be in there with Sean Strickland. And, you know, this is the whole thing we've talked about for so long. Josh is, look, all these guys, there's just little differences and styles make fights that can change everything. We saw that a guy in Izzy that we knew is just incredible in stand-up. Someone with basics was able to make him look bad that night, and it wasn't because Izzy was off. It was because Sean Strickland made him off, and Johnny talked about how he can make anybody look that way. Yeah, we talked about it on the top of the show, and um, it, it's frustrating to not give the fighters the credit that they're, that they're due. And I've caught myself doing that. And that's why I bring this up. I wanted to make sure that Sean got the credit because a lot of us, even myself, I was counting them out. I mean, I went out there and put money down on Izzy thinking that he was going to get the win. I was like, oh, you know, I could see Izzy potentially getting the finish 
probably between round one and three. Uh, Sean being a little maybe over aggressive and and so on. And I thought it would go that way. And I was texting you back and forth. And you're like, yeah, I'm not sure I like those like those bets. But I understand what you're, what you're thinking, what my thinking was. You understood. But Johnny, I feel like, because he's been in there so much with him. He's tra- he's not just been one camp. It's been there several times. Trained with him and Eric and, and Coach Eric Nixick. And just getting the understanding of what he does. He, Sean Strickland makes it difficult. He stays right outside of that range and he makes you pay for it. He doesn't really have to worry about um, too much movement and wasted energy and wasted movement, which tends to deplete your cardio. He stays tight with his defense. I mean, it's it's very difficult. And it was great to hear from Johnny saying, look, man, I spar with him the first couple times. And it was difficult. It was difficult to hit him because every time I threw the things that I thought would normally land, oh, I was in the right position. He just rolled the shoulder and it just glanced off the shoulder, hit him in the back or hit the glove, whatever it was. And his, and Sean Strickland's style is not, it's not, um, it's not utilized. It's not flashy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not flashy, but it's not utilized in the sport of MMA. Everyone's like, Oh, you stand like that. I'm going to take you down. But like he said, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Think, I mean, think about it, Josh. How many times take a look at Sean Strickland? First off, where, where are his hands? Well, he's got one up and one kind of down, right? Mm-hmm. And, we talk about blading the body. He doesn't blade his body. He mostly stands square. When you're standing square, you're more of a target. But all these things that he does that you look at and you go, don't do that, don't do that, don't do this. It works for him. Yeah, He can do it. Yeah, when guys are familiar with their style and what they think works best for them. The key point, though, that I was trying to make was that even when he does get taken down, he knows that his wrestling is not the best, is that he doesn't settle. He doesn't just... Yeah. Lay down there and go, okay, look, I'm in guard now. I'm just going to just wait for the round to get over. I'm going to keep looking at the ref going, stand me up, stand me up. No, no, no. He tries to make sure that he's making you work the whole time. So when I do get back to my feet, the pressure that I put on you doesn't take a lot of energy from me, but it's going to take a lot from you because you're on your back foot running, switching stances, you know, changing direction. I'm going to walk you down, snap my jab. And when you finally stop for a split second with your back square against the fence, I'm going to hit you with the right hand. And that's exactly what he did against Izzy. Caught him clean, sat him to his face, you know, his ass and face, and then hit him with the pop, pop, pop with a bunch of hooks. Couldn't get him out of there. But that set the temple for the rest of the fight. Yeah, Dave. Great job. Uh, Dave, you got any news for us, buddy? Uh, let me roll over I here. sent you a couple of things, I think, today. <clears throat> You know, you sent me one to wrap the show up on, okay. um, but not. Um, any comments on the finalization of the Dana White WWE? Dana White gets CEO of USC in the new title, but they also finalized a merger as well with Endeavor. Wasn't he always Dana White? Wasn't he always the CEO? What was he? He was president. the president. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like, ooh. Now, what, 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 what change in his role is there going to be? None. I have a question though. Does <laughs> Vince know. so Vince McMahon still owns fifty one percent? You know that, Dave? Because mm. I noticed that it said that they own forty nine percent of um of WWE when they were yeah, releasing yeah. that. I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that's like, if that's a, if that's true. I think I am. There's, there's, I, I I don't think <clears> that's true. I saw it. That's what it said. It said that, yeah, they own, they own, um, the majority of the UFC, 
um, which is obviously over 50%. And then they own 49%, I believe, of of the WWE. They, be, uh, they would not be in control of... Yeah, After the sale to Endeavor, Vince McMahon owns 19%. <clears throat> no, I know, but I think there was another... I think there was other investors that maybe came in. I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to read up more. I don't want to speak out of turn. But I believe I read, though, they're, they're only 49% owners. Now, I don't know if there was another group that bought like 23%, and then Vince, Vince McMahon owns, or sorry, 21%, and then Vince owns the other 19% or whatever. I don't know. Something along those lines. But I'll have to look into it more before I go speaking too much. Dave, take a look to see if it says that Endeavor is the majority owner. <laughs> They would be the majority owner at forty nine percent of her. If there's three of the WWE, if, no, no. Would, how would they not They'd be if the, there was they, another? If there was two other people involved, that's what Endeavor is. Those paying company. Those two people would be able to be if they put themselves together can outdo yeah, what Endeavor does. And I don't. I don't think Endeavor would put themselves in that position. <clears throat> that's true. That's true. <clears throat> Right there. What's uh, that's the stock market thing? They went. They went. Um, they went, they went public. public today. This morning, I saw DC in the back there with Triple H and uh, who else? Vince Never McMahon. Fifty-one percent. Ah, look at that. Fifty-one percent. I knew it. There's no so, way. Oh, so forty-nine percent is owned of the shareholders. Got it. Yes. Got it. Got it. Right, got it. You're ne you're never gonna allow you allow yourself to it have may, less. It than makes that sense what you're saying, but I thought I read somewhere that they had only owned the forty-nine percent, and I thought there was like yeah. two other. I don't know, anyways. All right. Oh, what else you got for us there? That's giving up control. Ain't going to happen. Yep. No, jeez. Uh, this was, I wanted to end the show on this. John, can you tell me what the hell is going on? <laughs> that is Quentin Jackson and Bob well, Sapp in the same. It's, well, it's called Fight Circus. The best is take a look at the poor guy who's got a left hand going against Quentin Jackson's right hand. Quentin Jackson is just hitting him with hooks and uppercuts. <laughs> there was a scene right here. Look at the uppercut hook. Yeah. But oh no, go back, go back, hook. go back, go back a little bit. Can you rewind it a little bit? There's no, a scene. The there's a scene right after that first uh, combination when they started break. Keep your keep your eyes on um, Bob Sapp's left hand. He actually hits Quentin <laughs> right in the <laughs> face. <laughs> it's so great when they when they when it started. Well, when Tyson this, Fury hit himself in a fight. When this so. thing starts over, it's so good, man. I love it. And then this guy, this poor guy, got just. Destroyed by Quentin just, Jackson. Right here. Watch, watch, watch Bob Sass left hand. Watch it. Bink. It's <laughs> Quentin right there yeah, right in the there, face. Man. Oh, geez. Uh, I don't know what this is it's called Fight Circus. It's hilarious, though. It's this a circus. Is you know what, though? It's good to see the Quins out there having fun. Same thing yep. with Bob Sapp, still doing his thing. I can't believe he's still doing it, John. I can't I believe he's still doing it, this guy. Jeez, <laughs> what an animal. Ah, oh. uh, all right, guys. Well, hey, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in, and hopefully, you guys enjoyed this show and enjoyed our interview with Johnny Eblen. Look, I everyone thinks I tend to be a little bit biased. I still think right now in this stage of the middleweight division, I think he's the best middleweight in the world, and we're gonna find out next week if he can kind of prove it and uh, go out there and do what he's been doing. He's been beating everybody. He's been, he's undefeated at thirteen and zero, and uh, looking to make it fourteen zero. He's got a dangerous opponent in front of him, and Fabian Edwards. Fast, explosive, yep. the brother of Leon Edwards. That we've talked about this. When titles come into your gym, it brings that that confidence of the fighters in the gym up. And Leon has that title, and he's had impressive um, defenses of it. 
and look for Fabian to start to follow track. And I think that he's going to really try to get um, Johnny Evelyn out of there. So look, uh, that, tune in next week for Bellator on the 23rd, correct? September 23rd. 23rd. Sorry, the, t- the days are different here and there. So um, yeah, September 23rd. And uh, it will be on Showtime. And after that, make sure you guys go to WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our sweaters, our hoodies. It is raining here in Texas. So I'm going to need that hoodie real soon, John. Real soon. It's raining here in Texas. Got Hold a on. Bit it's light. raining, but it's not cold. It's not cold at all, John. <laughs> it's not cold at all, my man. That's the uh, same thing here. Make sure you guys go to OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. Subscribe to us over there. We've got some... Interviews dropping this week. Don't miss them. We got some interviews dropping this week. Don't miss them. Hit that bell in our notifications there. Make sure you get the notification from us. And you guys can listen to those um, interviews that are going to be dropping this week. John, take us away, buddy. For everyone out there, thank you for listening to Johnny Evelyn. Thanks for spending the time with us, brother. We appreciate it. And we will see you.